Let us pray. Lord, we are always grateful to be in your presence, but even more so when we're in the presence of your people in this sanctuary where we, we ask that your presence would come more profoundly, Lord, on your word that speaks truth, that it would powerfully come into our lives, that we would understand Matthew chapter 10 as we look at our, our gospel, the gospel today, Lord. We ask that you would bless us and empower us and, and anoint us and guide us into your will and into your way. And we give this time to you in the name of Christ. Amen. I gave you a secret about how I'm afraid of heights, so I'll give you another secret about when I was growing up. You know, when we were younger, we tend to, to have these fears pop up, in our, pop up into our life, right? And one of the things I was always afraid about when I was younger is intruders into my house, right? Or at night, you know, you're worried about, is someone hiding in my closet or is something under my bed that's going to scare me in the middle of the night? And I confess that oftentimes before I'd go to bed, I'd open my closet door and I'd look in my closet and I'd look under my bed and I'd make sure, I don't know why I did, because if someone's actually under my bed, that probably wasn't a good thing to do. But I wanted to assure myself that when I went to bed, I was going to be, okay, no one's going to pop out at me in the middle of the night. As we get older, we, uh, we have other kinds of fears that might come into our lives. Maybe there are times and you're fearful of your kids' well-being, or maybe you're fearful of, of your health and, and falling into a poor health. Maybe there's times when you're fearful of your finances for the future. We can have fear come into our life in so many different ways. This morning, as we look at the Gospel of Matthew chapter 10, we're going to look at how Jesus says to us, do not be afraid. I want you to take in those words. Do not be afraid. Let those words of Jesus pour over your heart and your minds. And understand, we're going to understand that in the midst of all the things in the world that can make us afraid, we need to not be afraid. What if I were to give you an assignment? And the assignment is, when you go home this week, you have to go and, and talk to your neighbors and you have to tell them about Jesus. And then when you come back next Sunday, I'm going to ask you, how many people did you talk to in your neighborhood about Jesus? Now, for some of you, that might make you very fearful, right? Oh, I have to go knock on someone's door and they answer the door and I have to actually tell them about Jesus. Others of you, maybe you've done it many times, and maybe it's not a fearful thing. What if this assignment was given to you by Jesus? Would that make a difference? If Jesus said, go out and tell your neighbor about me. Even more, what if Jesus, when he told you to do that, said, when you go, I will give you authority, I will give you power, I will give you my presence, when you go out and you talk to your neighbor. Would that make a difference? And we see that that's what happened. And whenever you see yellow, please read with me. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Now we know, of course, that his disciples had been with him for quite a long time, right? They had been following him, they had been watch, watching him, they had been listening to him, they had seen him speak the message of salvation, they would heard him talk about himself as the Messiah. They had received preparation 
for this assignment of him sending them out. But haven't you and I also received that preparation? I mean, how many times have you come to church? How many Bible studies have you sat in? How many times have you opened the Bible and read what it said? How many testimonies have you heard like stands given this morning? How many times have you heard the gospel shared? Those are all times of preparation for us to prepare us to go out into the world and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what's even better for the disciples, we see, is that he gave them power. Now, the, word, the Greek word for power is exousion, and it means the power of authority, to have influence over. And the right or the privilege granted by the one who is giving this power. So they have authority given to them by the one who has all power. God, God in the flesh. Jesus gives them this power. The power comes from God. The power is given, them, given to them to do what Jesus is calling them to do. And now they are to go out in the name of Jesus and in the power of Jesus and for the glory of God and to, to speak the message of Jesus and to heal the sick. I mean, they had seen Jesus do that, right? And now they were going to get to do it themselves. Whatever fear, concern, or reservation they could have was broken down by Jesus giving him authority in his, them authority in his name, power in his name. I tell you today that any concern or reservation that you might have of doing that assignment, which I just spoke about, going out and telling your neighbors, telling your friends, telling your co-workers about Jesus, any reservation you might have should be wiped away knowing that Jesus has given you his power. Jesus has given you his authority. Jesus has given you his truth. Jesus is giving you his presence as you go and you do this fundamental call of what we have been given to do as Christ followers. Whenever you have the opportunity, you should share the gospel. Whenever you have the opportunity, maybe that God, God lays it on your heart to say, pray for healing for that person. And, and you, you lay your hands on that person, and in the back of your mind, you think, am I doubting whether God will really heal this person? Do I really have faith that my prayer will make a difference? I know I've thought that before. I'm supposed to pray for healing, and I'm like, hmm, will my prayer make a difference? And then I think, you know, it isn't my prayer. It isn't my words. It's the power and the authority that Jesus Christ gives me to do this. And God has laid it on my heart to pray for this person. And so I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to follow through. I am going to pray for healing. Now, that doesn't mean that every person you share the gospel with will believe. And it doesn't mean that every person you pray for healing will be healed. But we are called to be faithful. The healing and the bringing people to salvation is God's work, not your work, not my work, but God's work. And then Jesus gives them a little bit more instruction. They are told to go to the, the lost sheep of Israel. Read that first part with me. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. The way God had set it up for whatever wisdom is behind this 
God had set it up that the Jews were to hear the gospel first, and the Gentiles would hear it after the Jews heard it first. Now, we do remember that Jesus spoke to the woman in Samaria, the woman at the well, who was a Gentile. But for the most part, Jesus and the disciples took it to the Jews first. But that was only for their first mission. After that first mission, they, were not, they did not have that, that limitation anymore. If you remember, if, when we went through the book of Acts, they were, they were going out to the Gentiles as well. And you and I do not have that limitation. Although my wife, who works at a Jewish temple, she could you know, really uh, do well in that, right? I tell her, how are you doing in your, your uh, sharing the gospel in the Jewish temple? <laughs> she says, well, that's a tricky thing, right? That's a tricky thing. That's my job. But she has had some conversations with people, so it's been fun. See, we as Christ followers don't have any constraints on us. We are called to share the message of Christ with whoever God brings into our life. We are led to share our faith and let our faith shine in a way that makes it evident to others that we are Christ followers, right? It should be evident in the way we live our life. In my life, I've had lots of opportunity to share the gospel with people. And in sharing the gospel, I've seen that some have chosen to become Christians and others have not chosen to become Christians. I don't have control over whether or not they give their lives to Jesus, but I do have control whether or not I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity that God gives me. Well, Jesus continues in his instructions he says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until they leave. So they had specific instructions to do, right? You're like, oh, I wish I had specific instructions. You do have a specific, specific instructions. As we open up the Bible, we see that God gives us special and specific instructions too, doesn't he? The question is whether we're going to follow those instructions or not. But they were given specific instructions to proclaim the message of the kingdom of heaven, that the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus had come into this world. He has established this presence of God in the world. He said, the kingdom of heaven is near. It is at hand. People need to hear the gospel. People will start believing. Do you know what's interesting is that the, one of the reasons why our church exists, I think, follow with me on this, one of the reasons why our church exists is because the disciples were faithful in carrying out the call to preach the gospel, to start churches. Paul took up that reign, and church after church after church, after century after century, happened. And now our church exists today, connected to the disciples. We are connected in disciples as an ongoing proclamation of the gospel from the time that Jesus came until now. And we are called to do the same, to keep that progression going so that the church doesn't die, right? So that the kingdom of heaven 
is still near so that the, the kingdom of God is growing and flourishing because of the message we speak. What a di wonderful difference it would make in our world if everybody believed in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Could you imagine what our world would be like if every person in the world were Christ followers, giving themselves fully to Christ, living for Christ, loving one another for Christ? What a difference that would make. We can start to make that difference one person at a time, right? One person at a time. Who is that one person God wants you to share with? Well, we move on. Uh, you might be familiar with the movie Witness. Harrison Ford plays a, a policeman named John Booker. And in this movie, this little boy in the top right, his name is Samuel, he happens to be in a public bathroom. He's a, a, from an Amish family. And he, through the, the bathroom door, he sees someone murder another person. John Booker discovers that he's a witness. Then John Booker discovers that it's actually a policeman who killed another person. And then he finds out that the higher-ups in the police force are doing a cover-up, and his life is in danger. So he takes little Samuel, and he takes his mother, and they go back to the Amish country, and he hides out there. One day, Samuel finds Booker's gun in the drawer in the bedroom he's staying at. And so his, his grandfather, Eli, says to him, you are not to hold a gun. You are not to shoot a gun. But then Samuel says, I would only use a gun to kill the bad man. And then his grandfather says, you know these bad men by sight? You are able to look into their hearts and see this badness? And Samuel says, I can see their badness. I have seen it. Wow, little boy sees a murder. He sees the badness in our world. In the next section of Matthew 10, Jesus starts to talk to us to be aware of the badness of the, of the world around us, right? He's warning us to, be, to not be misinformed that there are people who are out to get us. That there are people who are against us because of our faith. There are people who are not living according to the call of God on their life. They're not even following God. They're not even believing in God. They are following the devil and not even knowing it. They are doing bad and evil things and not even knowing it. Now, he doesn't tell them this to cause them undue worry. He tells them, he tells us this so that we will be aware of the truth of the world around us. I remember when my kids were growing up, I would try to protect them as much as I could from the evil in the world, right? There are certain TV shows, there are certain movies that I wouldn't allow them to watch. Even commercials that would come on, and I wouldn't let them watch the commercials. We as parents try to protect our kids from evil, right? But at some point, they get to the place where you need to try to instruct them about the evil in the world so that they can be aware, they can be prepared to protect themselves from that evil. Even sometimes when it doesn't seem like people are trying to be evil, there's evil that exists. Have you ever been used by someone? Maybe someone tried to pretend like they were your friend, but they only were your friend so they could get something out of you, and as soon as they got what they wanted, they were no longer your friend? 
Or maybe someone asked you for help. They needed some money. And they had this big elaborate story of why they needed the money. And in the end, you realized that they were just lying to you. They were just using you. That hurts, doesn't it? There's all kinds of things in our world where we can be hurt by this evil that is around us. Jesus says, these are the wolves in the world that exist all around us. If you know anything about sheep, you know that sheep can't protect themselves. And so a sheep has a shepherd, right? And one of the primary jobs of the shepherd is to protect the sheep from its predators, from wolves, from lions, from those animals that might attack them. We are called sheep in the Bible, aren't we? We see, well, first of all, Jesus says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. We are sheep, but we have a shepherd. Our shepherd is the creator of all things. The most powerful being, right, is our shepherd, the one who guides us and watches over us. But then we're told in the New Testament, in 1 Peter 5.8, read with me, be alert in a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. The devil is at work in our world. And Jesus, or Peter, likens him to a lion that is roaming around looking for a prey, seeing someone who is vulnerable, and then pouncing on them to devour them. He does this with the wolves and the lions that exist in our world, right? The people are turned to do evil, and then they can do evil unto us. Jesus also tried to open their minds to say, even the people who you think might be safe, the religious leaders, those religious leaders are going to be the ones who crucify me. Those are going to be the ones, we'll see in the book of Acts, that once the disciples start to preach the gospel, that they are arrested by the religious leaders. They're beaten, they're flogged, and then they are told not to talk about Jesus anymore. The religious leaders who should be safe, right? Who should be there, you know, rejoicing in what they're doing are the ones who are persecuting them. We never know the evil that is around us, the evil that is going to come to us. We must be prepared. So how how are we to be prepared? Well, Jesus says, read with me. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Jesus gives us some good instruction here. We're to be as innocent as doves. Doves are harmless, right? They're sociable creatures. They mind their own business. Meaning that as a dove, stay away from the evil. Keep yourself away from the evil as much as you can. Separate yourself from the evil in the world, Jesus says. Be, Be at peace. Be a peaceful creature. But sometimes the evil will come into our lives. Sometimes the evil will attack us, sometimes will we'll come upon evil. We will engage evil unwittingly. And we must be ready for those times. Jesus says we need to be shrewd. Shrewd as doves, or shrewd as um, snakes. The Greek word for shrewd is 
phronimos. It means to be wise or to have powers, uh, good powers of judgment, to be well prepared for what may come upon us. To be shrewd means that you understand your surroundings, right? You don't walk into a situation without knowing what's around you. To be shrewd is to be well prepared so if something does come upon you, that you are ready to deal with it. We are to be shrewd as snakes. Now, how are snakes shrewd? Well, snakes are known for their subtlety, right? They, unlike wolves, lie in wait in hiding, right? Until their prey gets close, close enough for them then to attack without the prey recognizing they are there. See, we are not to appear dangerous, right? We're not to appear menacing, but with Christ on our side and the Holy Spirit in our lives, we do have power. And so if we get to a situation where we need to protect ourselves in the midst of the evil, we can be shrewd as snakes and we can, in essence, attack the evil with the help of Jesus Christ, with the help of the Holy Spirit. See how that makes sense? We're to avoid the evil, but when the evil comes to us, we'll be prepared for it, and we're to know that we have Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit to help us to attack that evil and overcome it. So in being alert and aware of what is around us and the truth of the evil that is in our world and that Satan is all around us trying to attack us, get us to stumble, we are told that the Lord is our shepherd watching over us and the Lord has prepared us to be able to protect ourselves in those difficult times. Matthew 10, 20 says, For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Because he said, there's going to be a time when you're going to come before people. You're going to come before the religious leaders. You're going to be in a situation where the evil has come upon you, and you're going to need to speak. When you speak, don't worry about it. The Spirit will give you the words. And that's a comfort for us. When you are encountering any kind of evil that is around you, don't be afraid. The Holy Spirit be with you, helping you in that situation. And then we get to the last section, where again, we're told to do not be afraid. Three times we're told, do not be afraid. The first is in verse 26. It says, so do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will be disclosed or hidden that will be made known. Now think about that for a minute. For some people, that's pretty scary, huh? There is nothing hidden that won't be exposed, right? And you're like, oh no, I don't want all my sin exposed, right? There's nothing that hidden that's going to be exposed. Everything will come out. And people are fearful of that, right? Because they have a lot of things that they're trying to hide. But you know what? The good news of the gospel is that when you receive Jesus Christ, he cleanses you from your sin. And not only are you cleansed, but it is you're renewed and your sin is forgotten. And so every time we sin, we go to the Lord and we confess our sin and the Lord forgives us and he removes our sin and he forgets our sin. So in the end, when everything is coming out in the open, our sin will not come out in the open because it will all have been cleansed and washed away and renewed. And hopefully as Christians, we're seeking to live more and more like Christ. And so hopefully we are sinning less as Christ followers than if we were not Christ followers because we desire to do what is good and right. 
Next, Jesus says, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body. Now, I don't know about you, but if there was someone out to get me, and I knew that someone was trying to kill me, I would be afraid. Would you be afraid? If you knew that someone was out trying to kill you, I would be afraid. It would be scary, right? But Jesus clarifies what he means. He's not saying, you know, go out and if someone's trying to kill you, you know, don't worry about it and just let them kill you or whatever. What he's saying is that there's something worse than being killed. And that what's worst about being killed is, is to die and not have Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. Because without Jesus, you won't go to heaven. You'll go to hell. Straight out, the Bible tells us that. We need to talk about that. That is the truth. We try, to, we try to whitewash over that, right? We try to say, no, 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 let's not talk about hell. That's a negative thing. We don't want to throw that out there. No. We need to throw it out there. It's a real thing. No one wants to go to hell. We don't want anyone to go to hell. So why shouldn't we talk about it? Be afraid of not having Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because if you die without Jesus, then you will go to hell. But Jesus has provided every possible way for you and for me to be able to go to heaven and be in heaven with him. He has come to this earth. He has given us his message. He has shown us his love. He has died on the cross. He was raised from the dead. He has given us a message to proclaim, to say, all who believe in me will be saved. For the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The free gift of God. I got to tell you, as we come to Christmas and we think about Christmas presents, I was really excited. My wife actually um, wrapped presents yesterday. I came home yesterday and the tr there's presents all under the tree. It was exciting. I felt like a kid again. <laughs> Honestly, the first thing I said was, can I open them? He said, no, 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 you can't open them. I love presents. I do. I have to confess, I love presents. You know, you could got, give me like a piece of gum, and if you wrapped it in a present, <laughs> I'd be excited. <laughs> right? So next time you give me some, don't just give it to me. Wrap it up in a gift and give it to me. I don't know. There's something about it. Opening up a gift, right? The best gift you can ever have is Jesus Christ. The only gift you should ever want is Jesus Christ. And we have that gift to give to other people. Oh, I hope that you long to give that. Lastly, Jesus says, do not be afraid. You are worthy. There may be times when you feel low, your self-esteem is low, you don't feel worthy, you don't feel good about yourself, maybe you don't even feel good about your life, you don't feel good about your direction, you don't know where you're going, you don't know what you're doing, or you're just kind of feeling you know, complacent, or you're just not excited about life, but you know what? Know this, God loves you. You are worthy. You are worthy of God's love. You are worthy of all the gifts that God gives to you. You are worthy of doing significant and wonderful things with your life. You are worthy. Do not be afraid. You are worthy. In Christ, you are worthy. In Christ, you are worthy.
It's a story of a woman who had bought a new car, and she'd only owned her car about two days. And she was driving, and she all of a sudden hears this sound and realizes that she hit someone with her car. And there she is. She's looking in despair, right? She's like, my, my new car, my new car. I've gotten in an accident. And she goes to get the, uh, the insurance information out of the glove compartment, and she's getting ready to exchange it with the other driver. And as she opens the envelope, a note falls out. And she picks up this note, and the note says this. In case of an accident, remember, honey, it's you I love, not the car. What a great message, isn't it? You, you crash your car, and you're so worried. Maybe you're afraid of what, what your spouse is going to think, right? It's you I love, not your car, not the car. This chapter's theme, I think, a good theme for it is do not be afraid. We don't have to be afraid when we're called to share our story with Jesus because Jesus is with us and giving us his power and authority. We don't have to be afraid when you think about Satan trying to devour us and attack us because we have the protection of the shepherd. We have the protection of Jesus Christ and the filling of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be afraid of anything or anyone because God is with us. And we are loved. So I encourage you, as you go out and you live this week, live with confidence, not with fear. Amen? Let us pray.